0: Cannot change your credit score for the worse during escrow during a contract period. So you know people get excited, especially first-time home buyers. I mean, they're you know like this is so crazy. I'm going to own a house soon. They want to fill it with furniture, and if they have a good credit score and a good debt-to-income ratio, why not? But um, I'm here to tell you that that that's a deal killer. That is a deal killer. So um, make sure that you're telling your clients to be conservative in their spending.
1: Welcome back to the Real Estate Rockstars podcast. I am Shelby Johnson, and today I'm here with Erin Pfeiffer. She is out of San Diego, California, and Beaufort, South Carolina. She's been an agent since 2008, so 15 years, and has closed a ton of deals in volume over those, those years, experienced the team life, and now is acting as a solo agent. And her, she's throughout this time, maybe you're like, why is she working in both California and South Carolina it seems weird you know to me too till i found out that she has been a military spouse for 20 years and has a you know retired marine corps husband and through those experiences has become a va expert in working with military families and helping them understand, you know, the benefits of that. So today we're going to go deep into the buyer's consultation with a little bit of the military family twist on it as well as talk about tools and systems for those who maybe aren't naturally the systems oriented people and how you can overcome those challenges. So Erin, thank you so much for hanging
0: out with me today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here, Shelby. I really appreciate your time and your energy with me. Yeah, girl, let's freaking do it. Okay. <laughs> Tell me, how'd you get started in real estate? Uh, well, back in 2007-ish, um, I found out about a program called MyCAA, um, which was a grant program offered to military spouses for Uh, It was basically a credit towards a transferable job. So if you wanted to be a nurse or a teacher, in my case, a real estate agent, um, they gave you money towards your training. So I had wanted to work um, for a while, but I was really busy with my two young kids and supporting my husband's career, and there just didn't seem to be enough money to cover the cost of training. So when this came along, I thought, you know what, now's my chance. But it just so happened to be the literal worst time to get into real estate 2008, right before the (laughs) subprime mortgage uh, crisis. But it it ended up being a wonderful education. Um, And uh, during that time, I I, I had a a mentor say to me, if you can make it in this economy, you can make it in any economy. And And I've often gone back to that in my mind and thought, okay, I can do this.
1: What is that one more time? You said my CAA. Is that yes, still a thing? Yeah, correct.
0: I believe it is still a thing. Yeah. So I don't know if they're still giving as much out, but it was, I know that it was available to certain um, spouses up to a certain rank. It was like up to 02 or 03, something like that. And you just you went through an application process and. It was a quick approval, and I—I I actually also I had enough money left over that I was able to get. I'm a big yogi; I practice yoga regularly. And I thought, well, I'm going to get my teacher training license too, and so I did. I mean, it was a wonderful program that helped launch my career for sure Dude. in real That's estate, not so much yoga because I don't teach <laughs> yoga anymore. <laughs> That's super cool. Okay, so you yeah. got your
1: license that, and you know, in hard times, and how mm-hmm. did you go about um, getting leads, building your business? In the beginning so
0: in 2008 we were stationed in uh, northern virginia so i was licensed in virginia um i did a few deals and then of course my husband pcs or permanent change had a permanent change of station down to south carolina um and so i had to start all over again uh, having gone through the pre-licensing course in virginia and then the licensing test and all that so it was a little bit, um, it was a, it was a, a lesson for me in that if I was going to do this, it was going to be an uphill climb for sure. Um, so when we moved to South Carolina, I thought, you know, what? I am fully committed to this. I want to do this. I love it. Cause I had dipped my toe into it in Virginia, so to speak, and loved it. So I thought, all right, I'm like full steam ahead. And, um, I ended up having tremendous success in three years in, uh, Beaufort, South Carolina, Um, I was ranked one of the top agents in the town at the time, right before we moved um, to California, where we are now, which was probably the most difficult time because I, I had to sort of walk away from a really great business. Um, which which led me to holding on to it actually. So I'm I'm still currently licensed in South Carolina, actively working with buyers and sellers because people still want to work with me. And so I, I've always said if people want to work with me, I'm going to keep my license active there. I have a a team of agents that help me show homes, but as far as everything else goes, I can do it all.
1: Well, that's what I was going to ask, because I know, you know, especially in we're almost in 2024, everyone wants to the virtual, you know, let's travel and work from a broad virtual lifestyle. But I know that a lot of people have said, oh, but it's not possible within our industry. So can you talk a little bit about how you made that possible living in California, (laughs) closing deals in South Carolina?
0: Yeah, So it really boils down to just sheer determination. I was I was absolutely convinced that I could make it work if I just put in the effort. And I had lived in South Carolina at that point for three years before we PCS, so I had established relationships. So you know, if someone's looking to get started in a different market that they've never lived in before, say, that might be more challenging than maybe getting your license in a place where you've lived before and you have an established network of subcontractors, other agents that you work with. Um, For me, certainly the hallmark of my business, whether it's with clients or with other agents, is relationships. And so wherever I've lived, it's always been top of mind to just, you know, collect as many great relationships professionally and personally as I can, Um, because you just never know when you're going to need to call on people. And certainly I was able to flourish after leaving South Carolina in my business because I had established relationships that were meaningful. And, um, you know, people who I continued to work with, this day, you know, to this day, rather, um, 10 years later, you know, I got licensed in South Carolina 10 years ago this year. So I, you know, it's, it's Happy just a testament. How are you? It's just a testament to, you know, staying connected and being in touch with people.
1: Okay. Gotcha. Can we like walk through it? Hypothetically, you know, someone reaches out to you. I, are they, are your leads for South Carolina in particular? Are they coming from referrals, social media, like are you continuing to market there or is this just all like overflow almost from 10 years ago?
0: (laughs) Um, no, it's just, I I think it's a byproduct of those relationships that are so important to me. People, lenders, um, you know, agents who are also military spouses, but have moved out of the area that, and, and know that I'm still licensed there that will refer business to me. There's, there is a plethora of, of referral streams that I have in South Carolina, but I would say most importantly, it's just me maintaining communications with people. So people who bought with me, you know, five or six years ago, decide they want to sell and they'll call me because they know I'm still, I'm still actively licensed there. So it's, it's a mishmash. Honestly, I don't pay for leads. I never have. Um, so I, I just, you know, just continue to pick up the phone every day. I'm work I work constantly with my, um, my assistant to stay in touch with people via just email campaigns. You know, I'm, I'm texting people constantly. Social media is obviously a very also a very important Part of my business because those that follow me, you know, they they see you know the the relevance in what I'm discussing, whether it's about South Carolina or California, um, and the fact that I work actively in both places. I'm 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 creating calls to action based on the information that I'm passing out. Like you, they don't know if you don't tell them. So I have to constantly be um, refreshing all of my communications with people. Yes, I'm still I'm still active. I'm still doing this, and of course, just staying in touch with people.
1: Here's a quick commercial break from our sponsor, Ryan Pineda.
2: If you are trying to grow your real estate investing business, then you need to join us at Wealthy Investor. You have no idea what Wealthy Investor is. It is our coaching program and community. We have helped thousands of students worldwide grow their business. Now, it doesn't matter if you're just getting started and you're trying to get that first deal. We can help you do that. If you're trying to scale your business and go from a few deals a year to a few deals a month or even seven figures a year, we can help you do that too. In fact, last year alone, we had over 30 students do over a million dollars in revenue. And I'd love for you to be the next one. So it's pretty simple. If you're trying to grow your business and wholesale more homes or flip more homes or buy more rental properties, then you need to go to wealthyinvestor.com and book a free call with our team. It's super simple. We'll go on a strategy call with you and figure out how we can help you grow according to your needs. So, All you got to do is go to WealthyInvestor.com, book the free call with the team, and we'll see you there.
1: Now back to the show. Okay. And we're definitely going to dig into more about the assistant when we talk about the systems and the leverage that you do have in place. But I just, for my understanding, to wrap it through my brain, um, you know, that person that you helped buy five or six years ago, they hit you up because they know you're still working there and they want to sell. Is it like... Do you have someone who goes and walks the property for you? Are you doing like virtuals? Cause I'm just trying to imagine if I'm, you know, on a beach somewhere, maybe in Thailand, how <laughs> I am going to run my business from afar.
0: Yes. Yeah, so certainly boots on the ground is, is vital. That is a very important part of that process. And I have agents who I work with in South Carolina. If I'm not there myself, I will say I do go back there typically a few times a year. And I try to consolidate my trips around working with clients so that I can be there for that walkthrough um, or I can be there for a home inspection. Um, But, you know, oftentimes I can't be there. So I do rely on other people. So it's a lot of face time. It's a lot of, you know, having frank discussions with people about disclosing, especially when it comes to selling. Um, We want to make sure that I'm I'm aware of any issues. If I'm not laying eyes on the home myself, because as you know, it's very important to just go through a house and feel it and smell it and look at it and ask questions because sellers don't always know what's right to disclose. And sometimes sellers are guarded and they don't want to disclose for fear that it's going to inhibit their sale. So, yeah, when it comes to selling, disclosing is a super important part of it. And if it's not me looking at the house, it's another agent for sure that's helping me. I'm
1: smelling it. I like that one. That is, that is key.
0: Right? <laughs> like, listing how do you know if they're smokers? <laughs> how do you know if they don't clean their the carpets cat. often and they've got five pets? Yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a holistic experience that, you know, I, unfortunately, I'm not always there to participate in 100%, but I rely on um, noses, eyes, and ears from um, other counterparts that, that work with gotcha. me.
1: Yeah, and we will um, we will dig into that more down the road. I want to make sure that we hit on what we promised in the beginning with the buyer consultation. You mentioned before we hit record, you were talking about how it's like a very and almost intensive process. And so, could you walk us through what that looks like for someone who's listening and wants to implement
0: some of these things into their own consultations. I think the most important thing is asking a lot of questions before you jump into your spiel about how you work and what, you know, people can expect in the real estate process. Because every buyer, especially, has a different um, you know background, a different foundation in ex- in experience with real estate. So maybe they've never bought a house before. Maybe all of their experience comes from their best friend who just bought a house with a terrible realtor. You know, it just um, it's vital that you ask you know, have they ever been through this process before? Um, you know, it's vital that you understand their wants and needs. Obviously it's it's vital that you ask them what their fears are. This was something I learned early on in my career that you want to know, um, what your client's, uh, hangups are, because if you don't know them and you falter or you commit one of those, you know, issues that they see as a big problem you may not then of course it's it's going to cause ripples but you you know if you know your client well if you interview them while they're interviewing you it's going to be a much smoother experience and um once i understand kind of where they come from and what their background is Uh, if they've never purchased before, I walk them through the full experience. And not only do I explain it over the phone, but I follow up a phone call with um, sort of an an e-guidebook to what to expect with this process, because people are shy. They don't always want to ask questions. And so, and also when you're, when you're, you know, spewing information at them for 30, 40 minutes at a time, they may not retain it all. So you certainly want to take the most important points from any phone conversation you have with your clients and stick it in an email and send it off to them. That way they have a reference later on. If, you know, there are, you know, trying to remember the conversation, they can actually have something tangible to take a look at and, and remember everything that has saved me so often. I mean, um, you know, you want to talk about, um, a business with a lot of liability, real estate is it. If you don't cover it with people, you are the first person who they are going to call when something goes wrong and they feel like you didn't prepare them for it. Right. What do you mean? I have to put an earnest money deposit down within 48 hours of my offer getting accepted. Like these are basic things that if people don't really understand and really hear you when you're telling them, it can be catastrophic for you as their realtor.
1: I want to go back to the questions in the beginning, especially um, the one about the fears. How do you ask that? Like, what are you scared of?
0: or Is there a way? I don't don't use the word scared. Do a little role play here? Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, I typically just say, you know, help me understand any hangups that you have. Help me understand what you're trying to avoid, right? And oftentimes people will say, well, I don't want to be surprised by costs Okay. It's like a choose your own adventure book. Do you remember those? I don't know. You're probably not old enough, but I loved those books because you had like three different endings. And so based on the questions that you ask that person, you're going to shoot off into different directions. So, you know, if someone says, well, you know, I I'm working on a very limited budget and this is how much money I have. And I really can't afford to spend more than X amount. Okay. Let's go down the list of what you can expect to spend before you close on the house, right? So typically, money is the most important topic of a conversation when I'm working with buyers from you know beginning to end. And so I am, um, for lack of a better word, blunt. You know, and i I'm gonna lay it all out because uh, I've been doing this long enough that I understand the repercussions of not disclosing as much information about the money side of the transaction as you can. You do not want anyone at sitting down at the closing table, signing their closing docs and, you know, basically hearing a record scratch because they're like, wait, my mortgage payments, how much, you know, with, I'm sure everyone listening to this conversation either had that experience or can relate to someone who's had that experience or have heard that story. It to me, that is a cardinal sin in real estate. That is a hundred percent what I'm avoiding.
1: Well, and I so the money conversation. What a fun, you know. And you say it's like it's the the most important part, probably, of that whole conversation. Um, will you take us through it, like in detail, so that way if someone who's listening can actually use how you phrase and frame and the expectations you manage
0: within their own? Sure, sure. I like to start from the end. And then go all the way back to the beginning eventually. So, so typically what I say is, don't tell me what your budget is. Tell me how much you want to pay on a monthly basis. And um, this you know, um, is a loaded question because people often don't consider the cost of living in certain places. Certainly California comes into play early on in this conversation. Okay, so you're willing to spend... $3,000 a month on your mortgage payment, that's your principal interest, your taxes, and your insurance. What about your utility costs? Are you looking to purchase a house with solar? If not, then we need to consider high utility costs. California is the land of high utilities, so you're going to pay a lot of money in water. You're going to pay a lot of money in electricity. Um, do you understand that if your appliances are electric powered, you're going to pay a lot more in utilities, right? So I, I kind of, I don't want to scare them, but I go through the education side of, um, okay, your pity payment, your, your mortgage payment is not the only thing you need to budget for. Um, so, you know, like I said, if, if, if it means sort of, you know, stepping back on their mortgage amount so that they can budget in for their utilities. I'm a happy camper because that means they're not overbuying. They're not, you know, looking at houses that they can't afford because obviously that's that's my goal is to get them into the best house for their money.
1: A quick word on our toolbox. We know it can be overwhelming thinking about all of the systems you want to build into your business. And that is why we ask guests to submit their favorite checklist template or tracker. So you don't have to build from the ground up. Go to realestaterockstarsnetwork.com and click toolbox for your free access. Thanks so much. Perfect. Makes sense. And yeah, I'm curious, do you have like a checklist that you actually go through with them in this conference or you just know it off the top of your head?
0: I've been doing it so long. I definitely have it in my head, but I will say that choose your own adventure analogy I said earlier is applicable with every client because every client's different. And that's sort of what I love about the job is that I never have the same um, um, hurdles to overcome with clients, it's always something different and it's always something interesting and new, you know, sometimes things pop up over and over again, which is fine. Um, but no, I, I sort of assess that what they need, what they want, what they're afraid of, what they're trying to avoid. And then I go into my, okay, so this is how it's going to go. Um, and I typically also as a, as an aside, give them, um, you know, uh, um, like a floor plan for lack of a better word of how I work so that it's super transparent. And this is actually, you know, given the latest news um, with Sitzer Burnett and how we're going to have to start implementing buyer broker agreements more frequently. I've been implementing buyer broker agreements probably for over 10 years now. And, and as part of my initial conversation with buyers, I say to them, and this is probably the best piece of advice I could give to any agent working with buyers. This is what you say to your clients in the initial discussion. Great. I'm so excited you want to work with me. This is how I work. I will show you three homes. We can discuss as many topics as you you like. You can ask me a million questions, but I will show you up to three homes. And if at the time I've showed you the third house, you want to work with me, then I'm going to ask you to sign an exclusive agency agreement. If you don't want to work with me, no harm, no foul, we go our separate ways. So I'm actually establishing a game plan in the first conversation so that there's no surprises and there's no uncomfortable conversation. Like, wait, what? You want me to sign a contract? Why? And so I also, after I have that initial conversation, will typically send a blank version of South Carolina, California exclusive agency agreement um, for buyers so that they can look through it and ask me questions. I don't. I have no, um, intention of hoodwinking people being deceptive, not being a hundred percent fully transparent. So I kind of want to lay that out right away. This is how I work and this is what I expect of you. So it, it works very well for me. Perfect.
1: Can we, if we could loop back to the money conversation, just to, I want to like close the whole loop on that. So we have, you know, starting with the end in mind in regard to how much you want to spend on a monthly basis and going through the, the expenses that they may not automatically be thinking of. Is there more like, and let's, let's go through a specific scenario. Hypothetically, this is a buyer, a VA buyer, military in uh, South Carolina, Mm-hmm. and what other expectations do you lay up front because I know the buyer it's a the VA loan is zero percent down but there I'm mean, sure there's other cost considerations and I just want to make sure we like get really sure. deep
0: on this money thing yeah you know, and and, and <laughs> it's interesting because um you know lenders had different overlays so expenses can vary from lender to lender um by the way if your listeners ever work with VA buyers tell them to avoid Navy Federal and USAA like the plague they're the worst um so yeah it's just it's just educating people on um sort of where i've had the most success in terms of lenders the lender conversation is a really big one have you spoken to a lender When, right? Just because they say yes doesn't mean they have a current pre-approval letter. Like, when did you have your conversation with the lender? Um, you know, have you made any large purchases? Has your credit changed since you were pre-approved? Um, I also always offer my preferred lenders and, and I also disclose, Hey, I don't get anything for working with these people. I just know that they're good and they know they're going to do their best to help you. So the lender conversation is super important, but then I essentially say, what you can expect to pay from the moment your offer is accepted until closing is the following. So your first expense and and people tend to be surprised by this one is the earnest money and very, very um, transparent. Keep saying that word. Sorry. Can't think of a a better one uh, about what they can expect to pay. You can expect to pay and in different markets. It's different amounts in, in California it's between one and 3% of your purchase price. That money, yeah, I know that money comes back to you or goes towards your closing costs at closing. Okay. That's what I tend to tell people. So, so basically you have to have this money ready to go, even if you're a VA buyer with zero money down on that loan, because it's a little deceiving that zero money down. It, it implies you don't have to spend any money to get a house, which isn't true. It's just not true. So, the earnest money deposit, um, which is due within two days, um, and in South Carolina, it's between 1% and 10%, I would say, um, typically. So, your next expense is going to be the cost of any inspections that you have. So, maybe you're buying a house with a pool and three fireplaces and an outdoor um, elaborate barbecue wood pit, you know, fire pit situation you're going to have an expensive home inspection and that this is another important, um, note that I make sure to tell people that is non-refundable. Even if you walk away from the deal, you are not getting the home inspection money back. People, you know, always say, Oh, okay. Um, So, um, and then for my clients who sometimes have credit issues before closing, another expense that sometimes comes up is utility expenses. If they have kind of low credit scores, sometimes, um, a deposit is required to set up utilities in the new house. Um, but other than that, that's, that's really what they can expect to pay
1: in, um, how much are appraisals these days? Are they so
0: an appraisal? I hope I didn't say appraisal because I meant to say home inspection.
1: You did, you did say inspection. I'm just curious. Okay, good, good. I have
0: not worked with buyers in years, so I'm just like, yeah.
1: where are we at with that? What does that Again, look like? Again,
0: it's a little interesting, <laughs> but the cost of an appraisal varies by the lender, right? Because the lender is the one who chooses the appraiser. I've seen appraisals as high as $700, which is on a VA, which is crazy to me, typically between $200 and $500. Is, is what, um, and, and again, um, oh sometimes that cost- yeah, like Where, what is it for you?
1: <laughs> well, it's also a different market. So it was yeah. Fayetteville, North Carolina, and they were it's pretty steady. 500, 550 back in the day okay. for VA buyers. Okay. But that was yeah. like a couple years ago
0: yeah (laughs) i mean it's um the the lending industry is changing too i mean it's 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 been such an interesting couple of years just to to sit back and observe what's happening with with lending but yeah so i try i try to outline what the buyer can expect to have to pay out of pocket some of it comes back to them some of it is non-refundable and it's very important that they know what what which is what
1: and with Um, could you talk through the expectations for concessions? I know the market is, I mean, I have no idea what Buford South Carolina market is like. Is it, In a market where the VA, you know, might they might get some of their closing costs covered? Sure. Or is it? Absolutely.
0: California rarely, rarely do I do a deal with seller concessions on a VA, Um, but but Buford, it's quite frequent. I noticed when I first started in Buford in twenty thirteen. Um, it was almost a guarantee. Every single VA buyer would get a percentage of, um, their closing costs back. In fact, lenders would tell me, I had gotten to a point with my lenders that they would say, all right, Aaron, this buyer is going to need X percentage of closing costs at closing. So I just got into a, a rhythm with them where they would just tell me what they needed and I'd put it into the RPA. Um, now it's, it's, you know, I'd say probably 50-50.
1: Real quick, as you likely know, the 2024 Real Estate Rockstars Mastermind is sold out. But if one of your preferred vendors is looking for marketing opportunities, we are looking for sponsors. We would love to get their name and business out to 80 highly motivated real estate agents from across the country. Know someone who'd be interested? Go to realestaterockstarsnetwork.com and shoot us a quick email for more information. Thanks so much. Back to the show. And when you're working with buyers, is there like a certain expectation based on their price point as to whether you say, hey, based on this price point, it's more competitive, therefore you're less likely to get, or like, what does that piece of the conversation look like for you? Yeah.
0: Well, again, like the market has shifted so much. So it's now leaning towards, you know, buyers getting concessions. Whereas two years ago, it was like, you literally have a snowball's chance in H-E-double hockey sticks. So don't even ask. Um, but now it's like, okay, we're going to try. Um, and, and so I'm seeing more concessions, but there was a time where, you know, that faucet was completely turned off because you wanted to make your offer. And honestly, my VA buyer suffered the most during the craziness of the last couple of years in real estate, because typically they don't have as much cash as a conventional or an FHA buyer who has to have a down payment, right? So they have cash. Um, but you know, it's, um, it's good that things are starting to balance out a little because I think, um, in certain scenarios, you know, especially when you don't have five, 10, 15 offers on one property, if you're trying to make the deal work and the seller has to give certain concessions, it's nice that now those are starting to come up again and that is okay. But then you, then you worry about the appraisal, right? You don't, you know, the, the deal, um, Obviously, the appraiser looks at the purchase price for the contract, and that's what the house needs to appraise for. And with a VA, when there's no money down, the house has to appraise for that full contract price. And so we sometimes run into issues with Tidewater. Um, and, and if we do, then we just we go back to the drawing board. And I, that is something that I explain to my VA buyers. If in the instance of Tidewater, we have three options. You know, We can renegotiate, you can walk away, or you can come up with the difference in cash.
1: Any other money-related tips or
0: things that you... I got a million for you, sister. But my, my biggest one is I tell people, listen, avoid Ashley Furniture. Avoid, you know, getting new stuff for your house. Avoid getting a new car to put in your new garage. Like you are like on the dave ramsey budget for the next 6 weeks because we are not tipping the scales of your credit score so make sure you tell your clients you cannot change your credit score for the worse during escrow during a contract period so you know people get excited especially first time home buyers i mean they're you know like this is so crazy i'm going to own a house soon they want to fill it with furniture and if they have a good credit score and a good debt to income ratio why not but um, I'm here to tell you that that that's a deal killer. That is a deal killer. So um, make sure that you're telling your clients to be conservative in their spending. If nothing okay. else, like that's. And
1: with the, do you have do you tell them about the VA funding fee in the beginning, or how do you absolutely or the lenders? Yeah, do that? because or-
0: they want to know what their what their closing costs are going to be. So first right. time home buyers pay the lowest percentage of a VA funding fee, and I explained that that you know. Um, it's a little surprising that a lot of military members that i've worked with over the last 15 years didn't know that you could use your va over and over and over you just have to you have to satisfy it right but what you also need to know is that when you use subsequent va loan benefits the funding fee goes up And it stays i think it's like 3.6 percent or something like that stays at that um, for all subsequent utilizations of that benefit but the first time you use it it's it's the lowest it'll be so it is a percentage of your purchase price and that is the bulk the 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 primary amount of your closing costs and um, typically what i do is i'll use an old closing disclosure with like names blocked out To screen share with clients if I'm not sitting with them in my office. To go down closing costs expenses. It's, you know, it's just so funny. People avoid these discussions with clients because it, it can be uncomfortable the first or tenth time. But it's so important to make sure that your clients don't have any surprises at the closing table. So this is what you can expect to pay. This is what prorations are. You know. Um, And, and you want to balance off kind of like the not so great information about money with the great information. Like it's a great tax, um, you know, benefit to own a house and, and explain the benefits of, of what that means for them in in future years of ownership. And, you know, I, I, I do typically talk to people about just kind of wrapping their minds around the idea of not selling when they PCS. Because, like we discussed off um, camera, my goal is to educate military members on the value of real estate and growing your own personal wealth, right? And and the best way to grow wealth through real estate is to play that long game, just to hold on to it as long as you can. You know, um, especially in the Marine Corps, people bounce around East Coast, West Coast, East Coast, West Coast. So if they own a house in Virginia and they PCS to California. The idea of managing a house from afar sounds, number one, expensive, or number two, scary. And it can be both or neither. And so I also try to you know, talk them through that process and how um, I've helped a lot of people find renters kind of as like just a side benefit. Hey, just so you know, when you buy with me, this is a service that I offer you. I will use my own personal sphere of influence to help you find a renter if I can.
1: Yeah, that's um I was in the army for six years and yes, when I, I was yeah. <laughs> stationed at um, Joint Base Lewis McCord, Fort Lewis, I bought with my VA loan when I was a brand new second lieutenant and I didn't know anything about real estate and decided to keep it when I PCS'd to uh, Fort Bragg. And that, I mean, amazing the appreciation that has occurred on that property that I got 0% down. Amazing. But I did, you know, um, I did, they did allow me to buy another one, which so you can buy
0: repeatedly without. It's called a second tier. Yeah. Not only can you buy repeatedly, you can buy a second house at the same time as owning another um, home with the VA. You just have to know the loan limits. And I'm, I'm not as um, knowledgeable on this topic as a lender would be, but I do know that loan limits have changed. They used to have loan limits around the country, but for the VA, but they did away with them. Now it's essentially, if you can afford it, um, you, you can, you can borrow it so up to a a certain amount, I think, um, I think it's, I don't want to guess. It's all good. The the lenders can help. (laughs) Totally. Okay.
1: Let's pivot. Let's pivot to the fact that you are self-proclaimed not a systems person, which I think can resonate with a lot of people out there in real estate. And yet you have been able to implement people to help with your processes. Would you expand
0: on all of that? So when my kids were little, I used to say to them a lot, think smarter, not harder, right? Don't do it the hard way. Do it the easy way if you can, the smart way. And um, the hardest part for me about implementing systems is discipline. I am, by nature, a pretty disciplined person. I, you know, I'm, I'm habit, you know, I'm a um, habits um. I don't know. I like habits. I like routine. I eat the same thing all the time. So it's not that, um, I don't have the discipline to do it. It's just, it's really unenjoyable for me. I don't, I don't have a lot of joy when I'm creating a drip campaign. Right. So, um, I also want as much time back in my day as I can manage to get right. I want to maximize my efficiency. So, um, When I moved to California, I attempted to do paperwork on the first two or three deals that I had. And because California is such a litigious place, there are so many disclosures. Like We're talking multiples of tens of disclosures. So the time that it took to properly fill out everything, get signatures on everything, make sure the appropriate parties had copies of everything, was such a time suck to me that eventually I decided I will never do a deal again without a transaction coordinator. And, um, I'm happy to say I've been working with the same transaction coordinator for gosh, six years now. And she's a military spouse and she's amazing. Shout out to Amanda Hundley. Um, so I will say Amanda is a huge part of, uh, my team and my success and keeping me, um, accountable and keeping me efficient. Um, and then I also have a virtual assistant. So in any part of my business, whenever I can hire a military spouse, I will, um, there is an organization called squared away that hires only military spouses as virtual assistants. So, um, Ashley Minto is my virtual assistant through squared away. Um, they, they connected us. Um, she has become a close friend of mine, even though she lives in Tampa, Florida, we speak almost every day and she's a huge part of my business as well. So between Amanda and Ashley, um, I delegate, um, and it's hard for, a control person like me to give out some of that responsibility, um, but it, you know, once you do and it's and it's successful and smooth, you quickly realize how much more efficient you can be in your day and how much more time, personal time, you can get back in your day as well.
1: With the transaction coordinator piece, I think that most people have a really good understanding of what that lane looks like. How do you use Ashley, the virtual assistant? that you have? Like, is it a catch-all? Does she have like specific duties? What does that look like?
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's all the above. I mean, she, she can do, you know, personal tasks for me, but she rarely does because there is so much that she does for me on a professional level. I would say right now, um, we are working on making sure every single one of my, I don't know, 6,500 contacts in my CRM get touched on a somewhat regular basis from me. So, um, you know, it was a powerful thing for me to hear that from a business coach. Basically everybody who's in your phone, everybody who's in your CRM should hear from you every once in a while. And if you can automate that communication, why wouldn't you? So it's a slog, you know, it takes time. It takes organization. It takes, you know, determination, but once you're there it's it's wonderful because um it's it's an incredible thing to be able to and now with ai it's insane like you can come up with drip campaigns that are so detailed and so um consumer specific it's 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 been an incredible incredible tool for ashley and i so yeah, I mean, we're evolving and, and kind of figuring out what she likes to do and what she's best at. So I, I don't want to give her things she doesn't like doing. But right now, um, working through all the action plans and the drip campaigns is is kind of like front of mind.
1: Her baby is she yeah. reaching out through your CRM as you or are okay? No, so like, but we. Hi, I'm Erin. Also, Ashley. Erin.
0: <laughs> she can. She okay. has the ability to, so Compass, the brokerage that I work with, um, gives assistance basically full transparency of agents CRMs. So if, if I said, Ashley, you know, look up, you know, create a bulk email for all of my seller clients in 2022, Ashley could do it in 30 seconds just because, you know, every, everyone is tagged or grouped and, um, we've got, you know, custom built action plans in there. So she just has to, with a few clicks, create a bulk email and it's done and send it off. And it's as if it came from me. Yes.
1: Okay. Gotcha. So at this point in time, Erin, was there anything that you wanted to share that we haven't touched on?
0: Um, yeah, so if any of your listeners, I'm sure you attract military spouses and veterans um, with your YouTube page and your podcast. So if anyone out there that's listening um, is falls into that category, um, I will say, you know, utilize the resources that are out there to elevate your business. If you're looking to, um, go into real estate or any type of entrepreneurship, um, I'm involved in an organization called the Rosie network. And basically that's their mission is to at no cost to the service member or the military spouse to, you know, train them, elevate them, connect them with the right people so that they can take their business to the next level. So, um, one thing that I'm most passionate about is helping military spouses that choose to work. Plenty of them don't. They have a very important job supporting their service member, being with their children. Um, That is tantamount. But for those that choose to work, there are a lot of services out there um, that can help them. And so, um, you know, a, um, a big objective of mine is to spread the word about the Rosie Network. Um, and then one other thing is I have a job um, Facebook group called Job Forum for Military Spouses that um, is basically a job posting place. So you have to join. Um, it just asks a few questions before you can get admission. But we've got job new job postings every single day. It's um, a little Pet project I started during COVID, so I wanted to give back to the military community, and um, and it's it's great. You know, we've got about thirty five hundred members now, and um, job postings every single day.
1: And where can they find that?
0: That's on Facebook. Sorry, it's a Facebook group, and it's called Job Forum for Military Spouses. It is a private. I didn't
1: know. I I thought it was like we have a job forum for military. I didn't know it was like called that.
0: Sorry, so makes yes. It, I know. It's, I wanted it, it to be like super, you know, jump no, out, out makes of the basic.
1: Yeah, totally. Okay. Wrap up question number one. What is something cool that you learned recently? I learned about fast
0: people search, which is life changing. Would never... you like to tell the listeners what that is? Yeah, it's it's um, it's a little stalkerish. Um, but if you're doing some research for a client, say you're creating a CRM or you want to reach out, you want to, um, you know, try to find some new clients in a new neighborhood, you can go to this website called fast people search and you can reverse search essentially. So you can search by, by, um, street address. You can search by name. Um, but I, I don't know how I didn't know about this, but recently, um, discovered it and it's, it's been a game changer. Hell Yeah.
1: Awesome. What events, if any, are you going to in the next 12 months?
0: Okay. So I, I have had time to think about this one. This one's pretty easy because I'm, I'm pretty social and I, my kids are sort of growing up and, and like out of the house and not needing me as much. So I have more time to join things. So I very recently have joined Toastmasters International, which has been really fun and interesting to work on my public speaking skills. So I'll be going to lots of meetings for that. Um, I am a member of the local women in business chapter in San Diego here, have uh, made some great connections through, um, women in business. And then of course, um, as a brand new board member, um, for the Rosie network, I will be attending and participating in lots of events for that organization.
1: Very cool. How can listeners help you in your business?
0: So um, listeners can help me in my business by reaching out to me. I mean, I, I love to collaborate with agents. Um, I'm not looking for anything. I'm just a big proponent in networking and collaborating and educating. So if you have a VA buyer and you've never had a VA buyer before, but you have questions, think of Aaron. Think of Aaron Pfeiffer. I want to be thought of as the VA agent because I do it almost exclusively. So, um, give me a call, give me a shout through Instagram, message me through Facebook, whatever, but don't hesitate to reach out because success in real estate, longevity in real estate is all about collaboration, networking, and leaning on other agents, especially those that that have some experience. So, um, certainly those have, have, have helped me tremendously in my business. And where can people find you? So on Instagram, my handle is at Realtor Aaron, and that's A-Y-R-E-N. And I'm on Facebook as Aaron Pfeiffer, A-S-P, Green, M-R-P. Got to get my designations in there. Of course, of course, of course.
1: Yeah, yeah. If you are just listening and you haven't seen, Aaron's name is A-Y-R-E-N, and Pfeiffer is also a really trippy one, <laughs> at least for me. So <laughs> make so sure you check out... Day. Yeah. Check it out in the show notes. You can click. We'll link everything in there. And Erin, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. And listeners, if you want to hang out with me and the owner of the show, we are The Shelby Show and Erin Amuchistegi on the gram. We want to hear from you. We want to hang with you. Hit us up. Okay. That's all we got. Thanks for hanging out today. And Real Estate Rockstars, thanks for listening.
0: Thank you.